Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, everybody? Peter Boll here, all the way from Tübingen, Germany. Uh, I'd like to welcome you guys back to In My Spikes podcast, episode three. Today, I'm actually quite excited because I'll be speaking to my coach, Justin Rinaldi, and it's a great opportunity to catch up on on everything, the Olympics, um, the culture that he's trying to build with the Fast 8 Truck Club, um, just get his ideas and insights into especially what we could have done better if there was anything for that final and as well as um, new members in the team. We've got a few new members that hopefully Justin will be announcing and what the future looks like for for us, you know, both on and off the track. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Also, Justin's um, fatherhood now, being a father and how he's going to manage and balance all that. So, yeah, be general conversation with my coach. So looking forward to it and I hope you enjoy it. Let's get this started. What do I? What do I want to know? <laughs> oh. What do you want to know? You should know it all. You know it all. Now, guess what? Do people want to know? Um, oh, okay. We actually we might as well start with fast fast eight track club, and then go back to the Olympics. Um, okay. New. Are we going to announce the new members? Um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, well, Jeff Risley is the newest, and then Luke Matthews. Yeah, so Luke um, was, you know, he was coached by his mum. He's had a few injury issues lately, um, and I think his society wanted to make a, a small change. I think, you know, him and his mum were working really well, but I think it was really hard to have that relationship between being a mum and being a coach. And I think, um, I think Liz handled it really well, but sometimes Luke wasn't handling it as well as maybe he could have. So I think he decided to make a change and just and just see what he could do running with us. Um, did, he, did he reach out to you or how did that work? Yeah. Yeah, he reached out to me. He just gave me a call one day and said, look, you know, he wants to make a change. He's thinking a number of different options. Um, I've always told Luke that I believe he can run 329. I've probably told him that for the last two or three years. But I said, you know, to run 329, you've got to run 144 as well. You know, you can't just run, you know, 145, 146. You've got to run fast. Um, and, you know, the standard of running in 800 and 1500 Australia right now, you probably have to run 329 to make a team. <laughs> yeah. And the 800 it's, it's not, is, isn't going to be yeah, easy either. Yeah, 800 is tough. You know, like Jeff was 144.8 and he was the third on the team. The team. You know, wow. so it's tough. So now so now, what's the goal for us to get three guys from Fast 8 Track Club in the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean the first goal is to uh, get everyone back in Australia, back training, get Joey running, you know, and get him healthy again and get, get his mindset ready because, you know, when you and him are running together and, and pushing each other and training, that's when I think we'll see another jump in both your levels. Um, Cause I think you two work really well. Cause you realize, yeah, I've got to be best in Australia. That's one thing, but you want to be the best in the world. So, 
you don't care if each other's beating you know you're beating each other in training it doesn't matter because you want to be the best in the world yeah like, whereas um, some some people in australia take offense to that but it's like dude we're a small pond yeah we're pretty open like in sydney i think yeah. i told them i'm, I'm going to take this lead and then cam raised that he'll take it so that's not too bad um so yeah and i love like, that because people ask me do i organize who leads out of you two i said no those two they just talk to each other <laughs> they, they just decide and that, that way it makes it a lot easier for me because i don't have to worry about it yeah and then how's training gonna work going ahead with covid yeah so i mean i think what will happen is as more people get vaccinated and we get towards that 70 80 percent sort of range there'll be less restrictions for people who are fully vaccinated so for example you're fully vaccinated just fully vaccinated so I'm hoping stuff like that will happen. You know, I think we'll still have access because elite athletes can still train. So I think we'll still have access to Lakeside or get access to, you know, a different venue or, you know, the gym access that you had before you left. So we'll make it work. Yeah. And um, I get this question a lot, what we do for training and, and I never know because you literally give me my sessions on the day. Um, so just an overview of what we do and, why do you why do we always keep it consistent because i mean we do speed every year um i think i average about 50 60 k's the whole year round yeah i mean like i think traditionally people do a massive base and they build up their k's and they and they do a lot of I won't say slow running but slower running and you do that all winter and then you try to get fast again towards the end of the track season and then you spend all summer trying to get fast and then you go all the way back to doing this big base and I felt it was just easier if we kept your speed going all year round. And we also get that Saturday session, you know, when we do, you know, six by K or four by a mile. So you're always really fast and you're always really strong. And then we just throw the 800 meter stuff there sort of in the middle when the track season comes, you know, during the winter, we do hills and some stuff on the grass, yeah. but it's really only the Tuesday and Thursday that change for us during the year. And then, um, and then, you know, the, the Monday and Saturday stay the same. That works pretty well with me and Joseph, but how does that work with Jeff who does like, I think he was telling me he was averaging 120 Ks a week. Yeah, so so Jeff does, well, I think he did some times where he was doing 120, but I think when he moved to us, he'd moved down to about 100 and, and down to 80 K a week. Yeah. Um, I think the intensity of our track sessions are quite hard. Um, and like you said, we're consistent. So we don't have easy weeks, hard weeks. We just sort of have the same... Not the same way, because, you know, I change the sessions all the time, as you know. Yeah. But we try to keep it going and just trying to build on each week and make each week a little bit harder and harder and harder until you get to the summer and you actually you, you're flying along. So you might start your mile reps at, you know, four in five minutes. And then by the time the summer comes, you're doing them in, you know, 440. So it's not, we don't really change the sessions. You're just getting them, you're getting better at them and you're doing them a little bit harder. Um, and what about gym and Pilates? I know I do one Pilates session a week two gym sessions a week. Um, how important is it? And do you think that was a change for this year? Yeah, definitely. I think um, gym was one, I mean, you've done gym for a while. I think that's been, you've been consistent in gym, but I think Pilates actually made a big change for you guys. Um, I, you know, it's difficult at the start because it's such slow movements and it feels like you're not doing anything. But then after you do one or two classes, you realize how hard it is and how much you're actually working. Um, so I think your yeah, athlete's mindset is always faster, better, you know, quick, powerful, and Pilates yeah. is not that. Pilates is a slow, controlled movements, and I think it's hard at first to realize what benefits you're getting out of it. But you know, you saw it after a while; it's actually quite tough. Yeah, K KX Pilates actually wants the whole fast eight stroke team on a session, so we have to organize yeah. that sometime. Yeah, and I've done plays before. You know, my friend opened a Pilates studio 15, 16 years ago, 
Um, and I hate it because I'm not very flexible and I found it really hard. So it's probably those things you find hard that are the most benefit, benefit for you. Mm -hmm. And with, because Joe and I always go overseas and is the goal to peak at the Australian season or overseas or had, I don't even know these things. I just, yeah, I just run. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's funny because I remember a session we did at, um, it goshes on the grass and, and you guys are like three or four reps into the session. And you said to me, how many reps are we doing? <laughs> Some, so, sometimes you guys start the workout and you don't even actually know what you're doing, which is really good because some athletes sit there and stress about for days and days, you know, on and you guys just start and then you ask me how many <laughs> yeah. we're doing. Um, but um, yeah, I think what, what I try to do, I think, so I think my philosophy is just learning from all the mistakes I made when I was running. You know, I was nowhere near as good as you guys. Um, but I ran 147 and 340, so it's it's okay, but it's not world class. You still hold the um, you still hold the record. It's got a record. Yeah, for, for the 1500. But you guys, you guys have smashed that. But with Luke but, and Jeff in the team now. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. Yeah. But um, I think I did a, I did too many 800 meter pace sessions. You know, my coaches and you know I had a number of coaches. We might do two or three 800 meter pace sessions a week for three months and you guys don't do that many hard 800 meter pace sessions uh typically in the australian season we might do three um and during european season you might do a few more but we don't do too many of them and i think that's probably our secret is that everyone thinks we're speed based but we do a lot of stuff either side and we just sprinkle the 800 meter stuff on there when it's time to go what do you think we could run a 400 in um, i said i said joe uh, could run like 45 <laughs> Um, someone yeah, so asked me if, the other day. 100%. If we got Joe's quad sorted, right? You know, because Joe's on 144.21 and he's had this quad issue since 27, or ever since he's really joined me. He did it in high school mm. doing that four-minute hurdles. And his key is that he's probably a quick, really quick, you know, he could run 45. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him get a bat and then run 44 in a, in a relay leg because if he got a flying start and was just flying along, he'd, he'd run 44 point. Um but that quad issue is always holding him back, you know? So every time we try to do those speed sessions, he gets a little niggle here and there, but yeah, definitely Joe could run 45, maybe 45, seven out of blocks, 45, eight. Nice. And yeah, you, no. I mean, I mean, you, you've run a 500 and you've gone through in 46, seven, you know, just before in Rio when we're Rio. in Florida. Yeah. And I think you went through 200 and I thought to myself, he's not going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> And then you ran, a, I think you went doing 33.300. I thought, there's no way you're finishing. And then 46, seven, and you did. You ran, you know, 59 for 500, and it was awesome. But yeah, you should be able to run um, 46 point. What about the endurance side, 1500? Yeah, I mean, you and Joe, and I come on you and Joe, but you and Joe are lucky because you only do 50K a week. But I think people don't realize that you do only weigh 61, 62 kilos, and you're so light. And, you, and you're actually quite strong for that 61 kilos. And your endurance sessions are really good. Like both of you run, you know, sub 11 around the town, which is pretty good. Um, and you, now you've got those new Adidas super shoes. You probably run 1040 for a lap of the town, maybe even in the 1030s. But you guys should be able to run 335, 336 um, without even changing our training. I think if we train for it, you'd run a lot quicker. But I think you can run 335, 336 if you jumped in a race in Europe and you're fit. Is the plan to run a little bit more 1500s or 400s for next season? Yeah, I think we've always talked about, I mean, particularly you and I, we've talked about running more 1500s. I think you've done one. I think the most you've done is two in a season. I think you ran. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you ran, and yeah, you ran Box Hill at time and then you ran Hunter. Um, yeah. I think you ran PB in both. 
um, and then you ran 3.42 PB this year and you've run, you know, 401 mile. But again, it's only like you normally at the beginning of the track season, we do a 1500. I think if you did a few more of them, um, you've done really well. And I think if you get to a race like nationals, maybe not when Stewie's going out there and running 3.34 pace, it might be a bit different, but in a competitive, you know, normal national type race, you'd be really dangerous. Yeah. And then Tokyo. So what was the expectations heading into Tokyo? I mean, I had my own expectations and I think we spoke about it at the start of the season, but we never really spoke about it after that. No, I mean, clearly the goal, if you're going to the Olympics, the goal is to make the final and you were training for that. That's what the, the training was geared towards. And I didn't think we needed to talk about it too much because I knew we were both on the same page um, and that's what you wanted to do. My main like concern was just, I wanted to see you run well because I know we've been to three championships before and you know, 2016, 2017, that went great. 2019 at Doha, even though you didn't make it past the first round, I think you ran really well. You ran 146.9. That's interesting because Why I think you... 2019, I wasn't probably in shape as I was in 2016. And... No, exactly. Yeah. So I think but the way you ran, you're aggressive. You ran at the front. I think you were leading with 100 to go and you just died. And you had some injury, you know, little groin niggles and stuff like that. So I saw that even though you didn't make it out of the first round, I saw there's a massive improvement on the previous championships. So I knew if you went there with the same mindset, uh, and just ran the way you've been running all year round, all year, you'd run really well. Did I think you'd run 144.13 in the heat? No way in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was going to be fast. Like I knew you had to run fast. But in my head, I was thinking, you know, 145 low. Um, but 144.13, nah, I would have uh, bet good money that you wouldn't run that quick. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think that either. Like I, if I knew, I would actually try to run 143. Because... Yeah, and I think uh, Bosse had some choice words to say to, to Jeff when they were in the courtroom when they saw that first round and you thought, you know, you know, basically he said, Pete's made this hard for us now. <laughs> and you know, Bosse, he's honest. He's honest. So that's why, that's why we love him. He is very honest. He said um, when we didn't get into, I think some meat we didn't get into, he said, we're not respected, my man. <laughs> yeah, that's when you think it to Monaco, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about the semifinals? That was going to be the hard one. Yeah, semifinals always, I mean, and you look at the semifinals this year, there were 16 guys around 144 across the three semifinals, you know, and, you know, 144, Radden didn't make the final here around 144.3. So we went in ranked 27th or something. Yeah, you ranked 27th. So realistically, you had no realistic shot of making the final. But Sports bet did definitely do, didn't think so. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think you're paying, uh, if I looked at it, I think you're paying like $92 or something, $91, something ridiculous. But what you did do is you ran the same race you've been running all year. You put yourself in the top two, you pushed it down the back straight, you put pressure on a ROP, especially before 600, you put good pressure on him before 600. And then you weren't afraid to take the lead before 100 to go. And, you know, and, and the last 100 was tough um, because everyone was coming at you, but still you, hold, you held your form. You could have easily broken they could have all gone past you but you did you held you held your form and you know had a cheeky little finger wave across the line. <laughs> yeah slowed down and then the <laughs> final because you haven't really spoken about the final what do you think we could have done better yeah i've thought about this a lot and i'll probably think about it every day still i don't know what we could have done any better to tell you the truth i think the only thing i you know if it was being really critical um 
like we got to 200 quite quick. I think you're like 24.9 and then it really slowed down. You got stuck in between um, Rotich and Amos. I think Amos was on your outside and that 100 was really slow. It was 14.8 seconds. And I know we talked about it was slow, you know, go with 500 to go. And I think the next 100 between 300 and 400 again was like 14 and a half. So maybe if we did that a little bit quicker, you know, made that 13 and a half, it would have stretched the field out a little bit and the guys might have broken. It's hard to tell, you know, Rotich and Korea, they're always probably a step ahead of you at this stage. And they're both around 142, um, 142.0, 142.5. So they're very good athletes. And to, to think we could beat them um, is tough. It's a tough ask. But we yeah. could have maybe run a different way and got a bronze medal. So it's hard. I think the way you ran was the best way to try to win the race. If we're just trying to win a medal, we might have run it a little bit different. Would have ran from the back or... Well, it's kind of hard. I think you would have just stayed, maybe stayed in second. It's kind of hard because you see what happened to Murphy. Murphy got stuck at the back and was yeah. running wide the whole way and, and came last. Uh, in a, or second last, sorry. Mm. Um, or was last, I can't remember. I keep forgetting there was nine in the race. But yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just think, I don't know. I don't know how we could have run much different. And, you know, if we had talked about it in January and said, Pete, you're going to come fourth Olympics, you would have said, bullshit no way <laughs> JR you know um and now we're disappointed with fourth olympics so it's kind of shows the, you know the massive transition you've made over the last six seven months but you, you said once um we have the ability to be consistently in the top 10 in the world um is that top 10 in terms of times or because no, racing is completely different than times like i haven't yeah, no, I, think, I don't even think i'm in the top 10 in times at the moment no you're 15th at the moment but you rank ninth you rank in the world ranking yeah, ranked not in the world rankings, <laughs> uh, and you ranked fifteenth on times. Um, but again, you haven't been in a really fast race yet. I mean, the Olympics, they were fast, but they weren't, you know, Monaco or you know, Diamond League sort of fast race. Um, so I don't think that the, your rankings reflected of you know your abilities. Yeah. Um, but again, I'll stand by it. You and Joe both have the ability to be ranked top ten in the world, and once you rank in the top ten. Um, give yourself a chance to get in these fast races. And you also, you know, you then learn how to race these top guys and it gives you a better shot at making the finals more consistently. Yeah. And then going into next year, we have like Com Games, World Champs. You know, what's, it's the goal to do both of them, do one, focus on one. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't want to disrespect the Com Games because they're amazing championships, but if you could choose one to win, you choose the world champs to champs. win every day of the week. And that's first, so you focus right? every yeah, you focus everything on that. And then you know, you got the com games after that. And the com games is only two rounds. It's only a heat and a final. So it's not like it's gonna be this massive workload on you. You can do two races in, you know, I think it's two weeks later. So it's not really it's five races over two or three, two and a half weeks. It's not a lot. So I don't think it's too much to ask, but the goal will be world champs. So there's, there's four of us right now going for the same spot. There's only three spots. Um, do you give race plans for nationals, say? Yeah, well, I, like, I do give you race plans. I talk to you, but I, I, I always just give it to you individually. And then if you guys want to talk to each other about it, yeah, then that's up to you guys. I always just like, think of the best way. For example, if you're racing Brad Mathis, even though he's a New Zealander, but you guys race each other a lot. If you're racing Brad Mathis, I give him the tactics, the best way that he can win the race. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I give you the tactics, the best way you can win. Um, and then the result comes, whatever it comes. You know, if, if you both run that way and you cross the line together, 
would be <laughs> awesome. But yeah, you know, and it is, you know, racing is whoever's feeling best on the day. You can both be really fit, but someone's always feeling a little bit better on the day. And you've seen that with you and Joe when you both train together and you have those really close battles, you know, and you're a couple of hundreds apart, which is awesome to watch. It's nerve wracking, but it's awesome to watch. Yeah. And then one of the other questions I actually wanted to know was, uh, we've got a new member. Do we have a female number now? Yes, we do. Do you want to introduce her? Well, no, she's not there. She's not. <laughs> no, but Benderi, yeah, Benderian Boyer, and I think she's an exciting prospect. Um, clearly, got a lot of talent. She can run fifty-one for four hundred, um, and she's keen to move up to the eight hundred. Um, and and my, you know, I had a discussion with her, you know, ten days ago, or whatever, just after during, you know, towards the end of the Olympics or just before she went to quarantine. And my goal for her is that she actually gets better over four hundred and yeah. runs the 800 so you know we don't i don't want her to i want her to run 50 seconds for 400 and be able to run 156 you know and i think when you look at a thing moo and just what, how the way she runs she can run 49.4 and 155 she can probably run 153 but i think the 800 you've got to you've got to keep some of your key strengths and if you get too far away from her 400 speed um yeah she won't run as well that'd be difficult because you know i haven't coached a girl at that level before but, you know, it's 800 meter running. It can't be that difficult. And how is she going to fit into the team? Because, I mean, doesn't she need some girls to train with at the same time? Yeah, and that's one thing I'll look at over the next few weeks um, to see who she can, you know, whether it's another girl to train with or if it's another, um, you know, a two-minute or 155, you know, male runner who can train with her. So I think the lucky thing of being a female athlete is that you can always find someone at Some your kids. level to train with yeah, yeah. yeah you can find someone you know most not disrespecting but there's a lot of high school athletes who can run you know 155 and be really beneficial beneficial in training um, when you get down to 143 it's pretty hard to find training partners you guys are really lucky at the moment but yeah i think we can do that um and as you know we work really well with a number of other groups you know peter fortune's group we work really well with and cat biscuits in that group we work really well with ned you know and linden linden hall um, Linden can keep up stuff. on the long revs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that's the problem. You know, <laughs> Linden's probably not the best female to train with because I, I personally think she's the hardest training female athlete I've ever seen uh, in yeah. Australia. And you know, you know, on those Saturday sessions that she's right, pushing, she's like pushing the pace right behind you, or sometimes in front of you. So she's um, very tough. Especially when you're out of shape, she loves to take advantage. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone does. Everyone likes to take advantage when you're in shape. Um, but yeah, I think she'll 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 do some of our sessions. You know, clearly she'll do the speed session on Monday. But there'll be a lot of sessions that she does a bit differently to you guys. And not a lot of people know you have a full time job. And I mean, that's why we train up five after work sometimes. Um, what's the main motivation? Um, for me, as a coach, or as a coach, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love seeing. I love the eight hundred. You know, I, I've always liked the event. I somehow fell into the 800s when I was in high school and never run before and then just ran 800s. I have no idea why I ran them. Um, and I've always been interested in it and it's just something I've been passionate about. And that's why I enjoy coaching you guys. I'd love to be a full-time coach and, you know, so we could train, you know, maybe during when it's daylight in the winter. Um, but, you know, the, the, the scene in Australia is that coaches don't make a lot of money, if any. Um, and so you have to work full time. I'm really lucky that I can get away from my job at five o'clock and then come down the track and meet you guys 
because you know I think we catch up three or four times a week, you know, every week. So it, it is a big ask, but it's something I love doing, and I'm lucky that my wife Bridie is really supportive because um, yeah. I do spend a lot of time away from her. But I think she sees how passionate I am about it and how much joy I get seeing you guys run well. And now with the baby, how are you going to fit all that together? Yeah, it's going to be tricky. Um, so the first thing I'll do is teach Archer how to call splits. So, <laughs> so I'll, make, <laughs> I'll make my job really easy because I can stand at 400. He can stand over at 200. Um, so he'll be like, call splits. And I think the first words he'll, he'll learn is hurry up, Mathis. So we're <laughs> <up>. teaching. <laughs> yeah, but I can imagine little Archie sitting in the back of a bike, you know, with his stopwatch calling splits on a Saturday as we ride around. <laughs> Saying too fast, bowl, slow down. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> is, he, is he already planning to, to run the 800s in the future? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> if the, the Olympics are here in 2032, he might, he'll only, he'll only be, what, 11. So maybe that's too young for the Olympics. So maybe we have to go for the 2040 Olympics. I don't know. And 32, 30, yeah, 2040. But yeah, who knows what sport he wants to play. Your top, your top five um, 800 runners, um, who are they? So it goes, it goes me now. Yeah, Joe yeah so you're number one. Yeah, Joe Dang, then, then Rory at 144.40. Um, then Jeff on 44.8. Um, and then you've got Guy, Guy Learmonth here at 145.57. Um, you know, he's run 144 before he came to me, but he ran 145.5 with me. Um, and then you've got, Brad Mathis, 1460, and got Dylan Stenson, 1466. Wow. Alex Pedos, you know, here in World Olympics, he said national record there, 147.26. So, I mean, yeah. I think that would surprise a lot of people because when he first came to us, he was a 151 runner. 151 guy. Yeah, now he's running one. Now he's quicker than me. I can't and, believe it. And he was stuck in the Cook Islands for a while. Yeah, he was. You know, he was, he was training with some rugby players that jumped out and helped <laughs> him in training sessions. They were good for the speed sessions, but not much else. Um, but yeah, he's lucky that in the Cook Islands, they do have a, a rubber track, so he could still do his track sessions. But apart from that, he was uh, well and truly isolated there on that island. And how difficult is it to coach Guy since he's, it's all online at the moment? Yeah, so I'm really lucky with Guy. His brother is amazing. Um, he's so mm -hmm. supportive and gives up a lot of his time for Guy. He'd do anything for Guy. You know, if, if, if he needed to run through a brick wall to make Guy's session easier, he'd do that. Yeah. So it's amazing you know we have a really good communication between the three of us um you know and sometimes jack who's guy's brother and i will have a mess you know a conversation off on the side to make sure we're both on the same page um so we can be firm with guy sometimes yeah. um but yeah no it works really well so it's um you know guy would love to come to australia and train with us and i think if we weren't in this COVID environment he would have been there last summer and i mean still thinking about coming this summer but obviously COVID is probably the key stopper for that yeah so you have you have so many different athletes like i know me and joe are kind of similar um everyone needs different things so what type of leadership do you take like how do you how do you communicate with all of us differently because i know you do it pretty well um just with me and joe you're pretty relaxed and then um, like we don't even need the time sometimes but at the same time sometimes we're away we don't communicate too well and yeah, no, yeah. So when you're away, sometimes you don't communicate too well to chase you guys down. Yeah. But it is, it's just it's just matching the communication style with each athlete. Like sometimes you have to be a bit firmer with some of them. Um, you know, probably 
you know, when, you know, with like with Mathis, for example, he, he thinks about things a lot and wants to know the sessions coming up well in advance. Yeah. And I think sometimes it benefits him not knowing what sessions are coming up because then he doesn't stress about them too much. You guys, like I said, you and Joe are pretty easy to turn up and do, do the session. Uh, yeah. And Mathis does the session too, but he probably stresses about a bit too much. Mm -hmm. um, and he tends to worry about things when things aren't going well. So probably have to be a little bit firm with him sometimes. Um, and again, then Jeff joined this year and I had to learn how to communicate with him because, you know, Jeff's someone that, you know, I used to race against or when he was 19 and I was 34, 35, you know, that's when I first met Jeff. So I've known Jeff for a long time, yeah. um, but we've never had that relationship with athlete coach. So it was something to learn um, how to communicate with him. And he, he's been good. You know, he, he, would, he was actually calling me before every race this year. So he'd call me between the warm track and the call room and we'd have a quick chat. So that was good. Yeah, that was the funny thing. He would tell me, um, I'm going to call JR. I said, I've never even called JR for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but everyone, everyone needs something, you know, different before a race. You know, some people, you, you might think if you call me, you think I oh, think I'm nervous. <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if I call me? you, I'm stressing about something. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, Jeff just likes to talk about things and about um, just confirm just confirm things yeah and i think he just likes that because he takes his mind off the actual race for you know a split second it's so professional yeah yeah, yeah. good um and and I, th then... I think it's the, the best thing about our group we do have so many different personalities but we all work quite well um you're all different but you know when, when it comes to training you all want to help each other and you know you do anything for, for each other and your training do you take a lot of um inspiration from other groups and stuff um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Everything I've, everything we do is stolen, borrowed from another group. Um, you know, maybe the concept of the speed and the endurance that we do all year round, something that I've come up with. But the sessions we do, I've, you know, I've either done them myself, probably most of them I've done myself, or I've seen other athletes do them over the years. You know, I've got notes that of conversations I have with athletes. I was looking at notes the other day. I had a conversation with a British athlete in 1997 at a bar in Melbourne. And as soon as I got home, I wrote down everything he told me that he did in training yeah. on a little, like a little A4 card. I've still got that card of all the sessions he did and the recoveries and everything. So I look at all those type of things you know, that I've collected over the years, not knowing that I was going to be a coach, but you know, now I can look back at them and think, oh, that's pretty good. Let's do that session. I like that. I remember you said every session you've given us, you've kind of done before. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the sessions that you guys have done that hasn't, haven't been, haven't done it as well as me, but I think because we have a really good balance that it doesn't matter that you're not really, you don't have to be really good at this, just one particular session because you do every session quite well. Um, yeah. And that's what I think is important um, because I got really good at doing 800 meter pace sessions and I could do them really hard, but I probably couldn't have done the endurance sessions as well as you guys and the speed sessions, you know, all at the same time at different times in my career, I could do both as well, but not at the same time. And lastly, um, Overview of the year. Successful, could be better, or it needs still a lot of work. Yeah, it's still. It's, I don't know, and you might have a different opinion to me because it's. I when I initially when I watched the race and I saw you come fourth, I was disappointed, um, and I'm probably still a little bit disappointed. But I I do think that once we get towards the end of the year, I'll be, you know, more proud of what you've achieved and stuff like that. Because I just think it was there was such an opportunity there that. It wasn't unthinkable get. that you could win mm. that race. Like, if to me, I still believe that we, if we had got things, you know, a little bit different, you might have won that race. And that's hard to just let go of. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's been an amazing year. You've been successful. You've won 12 of your, of your 16 800s this year. So you've been really consistent. So it's been your most consistent year ever. You've run 144, I don't know, no, a bunch of times. times. Yeah, I think you've run 144 seven times in total. You've run it four or five times this year. Is this, this is the most we've ever raced. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, you look back at 2017, 2016, you had about seven races, Yeah. you know, in both those years. And now you've, you've run 16, 800s, you've run a, a 1K 15. and you've run a 1500, yeah. So you've had, a, what's that? That's 18 races and you've still got two or three to go. What's, what's the ideal number of races? Yeah, so in my head, it used to be that you'd run your, your best 800 after about eight. Yeah. But um, I think what we've done is, you know, we've run a few races in Australia, then we have this bit of a block where we go back and do a bit of base training, then you come out and do a bit more. Um, and, you know, and some of those races at nationals, I know you ran three races at nationals, but were they hard 800s? No. no. You know, I know, I know you're not disrespecting the others in the field, but you didn't run hard in any of those 800s. And we probably train harder than that three days yeah. in a row. So even though there's three 800s there, we can't really count them because they weren't that hard. Um, so that, that's, I think we've got to look at too, the actual the quality of the races you did. Even that first race at Canberra where you ran 147 or whatever, it was a slow first lap, you just kick time. So you've done a lot of, you've done a lot of races, but some of them have been quite easy for you. Yeah. And bonus, bonus question. 1K race, Fast Eight Club. What time? We won't even say who's going to win because we're not going to choose favorites. What time do you think we could Pacemaker run? or no pacemaker? Pacemaker. And yeah, so it. Pace make it 800 and nice and even would run 214. Ooh, we might have to set that up. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, you guys, you and Joe run one, what, 217 in training and, you know, twice, maybe 218, 217. Yeah, definitely 217. 214 at the Australian yeah, season or European season? Well, remember, you ran 217. Yeah, you ran 217. It was 11 degrees, it was cold. Um, Fitzy paced you and we probably went way too quick the first lap. I think we went 52 or something and then yeah. you're on your own after there. So, yeah, I think if you got into a race in Europe, you, you guys could, I think we could do it in the Australian season if we did, did a track session and we had the right rabbit, you could run 214. Might have to set it up. Yeah, definitely. Cause, yeah, because we probably won't be racing too much other than nationals next year. Yeah, other, you know, it's exciting next year. We can try different things with you. You can run more 1500s, as you said. Um, you've got the luxury now that you've, you've got a World Champs qualifier already. We've got two of them. Um, so you don't need, or I think you've got three of them, actually. So you don't need to worry about chasing the time anymore, which is probably the first time in your, your athletic career that you haven't <laughs> had to worry about chasing a crime. I, mean, I yeah. remember, remember how stressful it was in 2019, <laughs> trying to get that, get that late yeah. time. Um, yeah, that and was then you had that. Yeah, and you had that shambles of a race where you ran 150. <laughs> and then the, you're in your slowest time of the year. And then the next race, you ran 145. It was just, um, you were, it was just so inconsistent. And this year, the best thing, you've been so consistent. So I think next year, you just got to build on that and be consistent. Well, you're already a consistent 144 runner. I don't know. Maybe you have to be a consistent 143 runner. And then but everyone else in the group still needs the time. That's right. Everyone else does. Um, I know there's this point system, but you look at the 800 this year, no one got to the Olympics on points. Everyone had the time. So yeah. the goal, you've got to run 145, under 145 too to make time. time so yeah. that's the thing. But you guys are all capable of doing it. You and, you and Joe, definitely. You know, I think Brad, Brad was definitely in 145 and a half shape this year. 
mm -hmm. um, just got injured the you know the long time the the wrong time. Yeah, there's never a right time to get injured, but <laughs> got injured the last minute and probably made a mess of that first race in Brisbane where you ran one forty four eight, and he sort of just let you guys go and didn't commit early because I think sometimes you benefit from a hard race and the next week. Yeah, I was easy. thinking that was his best that race, and then the next one yeah. was just kind of uneven, and he committed for that one. Yeah, and he made a really hard move. I mean, you ran faster the second one, and he made a hard move to get up onto you, yeah. you know, between two, between six hundred and seven hundred. So, you know, no wonder he died in that last hundred. But I think if he had done that the first week, and then the second week, he would have been his body would have been a bit used to it, and he would have run, he would have run under one forty-five-five that, and you know, we had a completely different view of how his season went. What's what's the com game standard? Yeah, I think it's going to be really tough for both Australia and New Zealand. So, because there's a, there's a quota system on the number of athletes you can actually take. So it's not per event; it's a quota of the total number of athletes you can take to the Commonwealth Games. And oh I think, wow! Yeah, so I, I've got a feeling that the Com Games standard will be for New Zealand will be harder than the World Champ standard. What? Yeah, and even the Australian standard might be a bit tough bit tougher too because you know we had the luxury in 2018 of having a home com games and we could send a massive team yeah uh, it's not going to be as uh we don't have that same luxury and the stands would be pretty tough i didn't know that yeah i think i think so from what i've heard new zealand's they want to set the standards that you can finish top six of the com games and australia i've heard they're looking that you can you have to they want you to finish top four top so four it's pretty tough yeah I mean, you're I fine. just saw the rankings. Well, you're third in the Commonwealth, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no Polish in Poland. <laughs> yeah, <it's> not... <laughs> but, but there is the Kenyans, there is Amos, there yeah. is Marco, Rob, Brendan McBride. It's not any Yeah, but Amos has never beaten a fast state track club <laughs> runner in a major championship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> Amos, if you're listening, we've got you covered. <laughs> You'd like that. <laughs> no, because yeah. like, Brad, Brad and Monaco. Joe beat him. King of Monaco. Yeah, that's right. You got to get there to Monaco. <laughs> hey, just a quick question for you. How, how do you think the season went? Um. Well, I well, it's was not quite, over yet. So yeah, it's not over yet. I was. I haven't even watched the final of Tokyo yet. I don't really want to watch it yet until until I stopped running into the season. But yep. yeah, I wanted to win. So I was disappointed, which was good because I just I just kind of stayed content and then just focused on the next few races. I think if I won, I would have been celebrating a bit too hard. Um, oh yeah, I think I think if you won, we'd say the season over, which kind of yeah. hard though, because you're Olympic champion and you want to make some money. Yeah. But, you but no, what? you're Olympic champ. you're still Olympic champion next year. <laughs> yeah, fourth. <laughs> I don't know. Fourth is just... It's just a weird, weird number because you didn't win a medal. Yeah, you're just in the finals. I know it's kind of tough to say because we've never been to the finals before, but still, when you get to the final, you still might as well make the most of it. Yeah, hundred percent. So I don't know. Yeah, I haven't thought about it too much. I'm kind of peace, not thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard because it is. You don't want that to be weighing you down. No, and like you've got more races, and you know you're clearly in good shape. So yeah, it's so. not like you're trying to go there and revenge coming forth. You just want. I've to, got a long flight home. That's when I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So it's a minute forty-five, and the flight's uh, twenty hours. I'll download <laughs> it. I've probably watched the heat in the semi so many times, but I haven't watched the final yet. Yeah. 
No, yeah, and no, what about no. what about the whole season as a whole? Um, the only thing different is I was stressing about chasing times so early. I just probably change that next year. Like I don't think you need to chase too too many times. I think Raftable yeah. had an article the other day, and said it's like not really about times. And I like I went into Europe. I know there were so many people faster than me, but I didn't feel like there were better. So that's why probably Tokyo went a bit better. Like yeah, on paper, so. there were so many people faster, but I wasn't scared of them. Mm. So I was I was more happy about that. Um, and then running 145s and here and there, uh, 146s being bad races. And Nationals was probably the slowest. Yeah, it was. You're in, yeah, the, the, your three slow races. I think you're in 149 the final. But yeah. you, I think you only ran 780 metres because you jogged that last 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah nationals are slow but again like you said that's learning about racing you, you you're in a box you're in a box you know there before 400 you got out and you still won so that's that's more that's more important you can learn more from that than you can running yeah 45 in queensland yeah. yeah but it's been a good season um yeah it's been pretty strong from the 15 all the way to the eight it's been nice so yeah. looking forward to next year i want to start like I want to start a season with like 145, 144. You know, I know this yeah. year we started in Canberra. I think it was 147. Yeah, again, it was a bit of a slow race. A slow a bit messy. Race, yeah. And then the next one, you're 145, 21, were you? Yeah, I, I think we can run. 23. I think we can run 144 in the Australian season and just continue getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think we've spoken about this a few times, but we'd lo I'd love to see you guys run 144 at Box Hill. You know, we, we go yeah. yeah yeah we go to that track a lot we like that track it's it's there's you know lots of your friends and athletes that watch you run are there it'd be nice to run 144 there and just um show everyone that you know it can be done right there yeah and exactly. we know i can because stewie's run 1305 there run a train 10k record there so there's no reason why you can't run fast at box hill yeah we just need a pacer and and all of us i guess we can almost have a whole eight people from fast eight track club in there in a race yes, that's the beauty what's why travel all around australia and risk getting infected <laughs> yeah. by covid <laughs> yeah. we can just we can just stay in our own little bubble <laughs> yeah like i mean if luke's now with us so that brisbane race was myself luke brad supposed to be joe right jeff that's, was supposed to be there yeah that's a whole that's a whole field and then alex better yeah and stuff. yeah i think we i mean we're really lucky because like you said i'm not a paid coach we're not a professional no, I've got the Fast Eight Track Club. It's not a professional track club like there are other track clubs around the world. Yet we've still got a solid groove, and I think you know our our squad could rival any squad around the world at the moment. Um, mm. Based off just you know a couple of guys getting together and training, basically. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of we're, we're like amateurs, but we. we if you we if you're internationals wanted to come, Saul, you wanted to come. Isaiah Harris was saying he's keen to do some. Yeah, I know. I, I speak to Isaiah Harris, you know, yeah. maybe once a week we have a message. Yeah. You know, I'd love to have him join the group. And, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, because I think if we're in a different country and we had a bit more funding, we probably, we could probably do a bit more, you know, we could go on more training camps. I know you and you love going training camps. Mm. But we don't really get that many opportunities. We could go, you know, I'm keen to see, you know, you guys go to altitude and do some stuff like that. But again, it takes money. And, yeah money's tough sometimes like south africa yeah south africa was amazing yeah. it wasn't great for the hire car we had 
<laughs> but, <laughs> apart from that, it was pretty good. Like we, I don't know. I actually don't know how we survived South Africa. We, um, we had no idea where we we're going. Uh, we found these amazing runs. There was amazing wildlife. Um, but I don't think we should have been on any of those roads. And particularly when we come out and there was guys with machine guns standing at the end of the road. There is no way we should have been in there. But Lucky we had you. Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And I was videoing the whole thing as I was driving. Yeah. That's if these guys yeah. get eaten, it's definitely on Instagram. <laughs> All right, that is all I needed cool. to know. <laughs> awesome. All right, I'll bowl 30 minute run today and then track tomorrow. Okay. I don't even know what I have today. So I had a day off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no day off. Day off next week sometime. All right, I'll get it done after this. Probably. Cool. All right, thank you. Yeah, no rush. Enjoy all your right. evening. And I'll see you on the flip thank side. You. Thank you for having me, Sir Bowl. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> no worries. 